0: traveler through the Bible please join me for this bird's-eye view of the scriptures stay as long as you like and let us together discover a bit more about the Bible from the beginning to the end we have already learned that the purpose of the revelation that God has given us is to make us grow up in Christ but why must we grow up if scripture tells us that we must be like little children in faith in Ephesians 4 verses 14, it says there, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about, by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. We need to become instruments of the grace of God, growing in spiritual maturity so that we might be bodies wholly filled and flooded with God himself. The answer is right there for us in the previous chapter and length, and height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. We have learned from the past few podcasts that the Old Testament's function is our preparation, and the New Testament's function is for our realization. And many Christians fail right there. Many Christians try to get everything out of the New Testament and never or seldom go to the Old Testament. The hard lesson that I had to learn personally was that I simply could not grasp all that is in the New Testament without the preparation of the heart which comes from the Old Testament. The first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy are called the Pentateuch in Latin which simply means five books. They are the five books of Moses. How many of us have begun to read these books? And how many of us have finished them? Usually we start off very well in Genesis and then move on into Exodus, but around Leviticus where we get into all the strange requirements of the law, we get stuck and we never quite get through Numbers and Deuteronomy. Why do we bog down? It is because we are reading without vision. We don't know why we are reading it. We don't know what to expect from it. We don't know what to look for. This is the purpose of these podcasts. I am helping you to climb up to a mountaintop and to look out over the whole surface of the land and get a bird's eye view so that we might see what we are going to encounter and why. So let us begin with Genesis. The name Genesis means beginnings, the beginning of our universe, the beginning of the human race, the beginning of sin, the beginning of civilization. Genesis is essentially a record of the beginnings of all the things we find around about us. The book opens with an awareness of the greatest fact in all of human life. And that is that we are living in a universe. We are aware that our planet is part of the solar system. We are aware that the Earth is orbiting in a pre-arranged path about the Sun, orbiting once around the Sun every 365.24 days. We are aware the whole solar system itself, the Sun with all its planets, is part of a great whirling body of stars called a galaxy that is 100,000 light-years across and contains about 300,000 million stars. Our galaxy, the Milky Way, is also moving at an incredible speed through the vastness of space along with billions of other galaxies just like ours. If we just look up into the night sky and see the glory of the stars, we become very much aware that we live in a universe. The Bible opens with that majestic amazing recognition that man is part of the universe. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Isn't it significant how all the heavens are put in one part and our tiny planet earth in the other? Then the book moves right on to tell us about man, insignificant man, this tiny speck of life living on a minor planet, in the midst of this unthinkably vast universe. What does it say to us? When we read Psalm 8 verses 3 to 4, it says, When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? and the son of man that you care for him. Verse six is the answer to the question that the Psalmist David asked in verses three to four. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. So the Bible begins by explaining the greatest mystery we will encounter, the mystery of man in relationship to his universe. This is the very theme of all science today. What is the place of man in relationship to his universe? So that is where the Bible begins. It tells us man is a strange and remarkable creature who was made to be the expression of God's love, the instrument of God, the dwelling place of the Almighty. Man is seen in the opening chapters of Genesis in a marvelous faith-love relationship with God, in communion with Him. Genesis 3 8 says the following, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Correctly translated, the Hebrew word translated as the cool of the day should say God walked in the garden in the spirit of the day. The verse should therefore read, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the spirit of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. That is, in a spirit of understanding with man, the intimate communion between God and man which was God's intention for man. Immediately this perfect period is shattered by the story of the fall. In the third chapter of Genesis we see recorded the tragedy of unbelief, the error of faith in the wrong idea and what happens when man in his ignorance and his blindness begins to put faith in error. But it also shows us that man is made to be a creature of faith. People say, I can't believe, but that is the one thing everyone can do. It is the one thing human beings are made to do. We cannot help but believe. But the question is, what do we believe? So here is the story of man in his failure and fall in the first six chapters of Genesis. It is followed immediately by the story of the failure of the first creation and its eventual destruction in the flood. The rest of Genesis is a picture drawn for us by God of man in his need. It is the story of the lives of four men, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and Joseph. These four men are four representative types of personality. One of them is like you. Each of the stories of these men are given to show us the desperate need of each one's life. Abraham's story is the story of the need for a supplier. He was a man who was always needing somebody to come and deliver something for him that he lacked. It is the story of Abraham's life. He was always in need. It is the story of a man whose need was continually being supplied by God. Isaac was a man who had another kind of need. He never ran short. There is no record of a famine in Isaac's life. But he was in need of a stimulator. He loved to just sit. He needed someone to get him going. So God had to prod him repeatedly to get him moving into the place God wanted him to be. All of us consistently need this type of stimulation. Jacob was a man who was in continual need of a bodyguard, a protector. He was always getting himself into trouble, into difficulty, so all his life he needed somebody to come and get him out of the trouble he got himself into. Joseph was different from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yet the story of Joseph's life is also a story of need the need of a deliverer. He was always needing to be delivered from situations which were not his own fault, or where he was placed without any failure on his own part but he needed to be brought out of them. And his story is the story of how God continually delivered him. It is curious that the book of Genesis ends with the words, a coffin in Egypt. In the coffin were the bones of Joseph. His last need was to have his body delivered from Egypt and taken up to the promised land. So the whole story of Genesis is a message of the need of man. In the next podcast, we will move on to the book of Exodus. So here is something to think about until next time. If Genesis is a book about the need of man, what is the message of Exodus? This is David Wiles, your fellow traveler in Christ, and this has been the podcast for the Bible, from the beginning to the end, episode 5.